uh, we honor them as much as we love them. And also, Lord, um, um, we also um, ex exalt um, the Christ that they have in their hearts. And I pray, Lord, that uh, all of our mothers here in, in this church um, will honor you above all. And all of us, oh God, we will rejoice together because of our mothers. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us mothers who love us. And bless all these mothers today. And even um, onwards, Lord, in their struggle in the homes, I pray, oh God, that uh, you would just give them the strength. Lord, continue to bless our church. Continue to bless all the people that are a part of this ministry. And I pray that uh, you will guide them, guard them, and protect them, Lord, from all evil. Give them away from harm. And thank you, Lord, for uh, their faithfulness to you in the service of your name. We pray this, and we give you back the honor and glory. Amen. Amen. So this uh, psalm is actually uh, more on a psalm of the morning. This is, I believe, uh, one of the psalms of David. He composed these psalms, and he composed this. But this psalm is amazingly, it contains an, an imprecatory prayer. That means he puts in this psalm a prayer of cursing. It's very unusual, you know, for, for the man of God to, to pray cursing upon his enemies, but uh, indeed it is in his prayer. But that's fine. Uh, um, we, know, we know how hard the, the, the situation David had in his uh, life. Of, he, he was um, like uh, accounted for an enemy uh, for, for, the, for most of the people, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ was called as a man of sorrow. And it seems like he has no friends in this world. He was rejected of men. Now, this also happened to David. That's why, you know, he was so hurt by the people around him who um, just give him hard time. So here, David um, was praying this prayer to the Lord. And... Again, we can see from verses 1 to 3, his personal plea. He's asking God, he's beseeching, he's begging the Lord um, to hear his prayers. David here in his prayer addressed to God personally. He said, give ear to my words. In verse number, verse number 1 um, in the book of Psalms, chapter 5, give ear to my words, O Lord. He took it personally. And actually, when we have problems maybe in our country, when we have problems in our city, or maybe we have calamities coming, or, or our family is in perils or in danger of, of, uh, of a loss, or whatever it is, that the problem that um, come to our family or to the, to the bigger um, scope of our life, we can still ask God personally. We can pray to the Lord and take it personally from there in our prayer. David did that. He said, give ear to my words. That was, his, that was his prayer. He's asking God. So he's showing us here that the believer's relationship to God should be so intimate. Your, your relationship to God must be intimate. You must know your God. You must know Him uh, in a personal level. 
you must know him um, very well. You, you will know him through the Bible when you read it. You can see his character, you can see his um, attitude, you can see God's you know, um, um, judgments there, and how he, he operates and how he thinks on things. So we can see God in that uh, level of um, understanding and intimacy with him. Here, David is talking about uh, his um, relationship with God that is so intimate that he can talk to God as friend talking to a friend. And that is really, really um, a close uh, relationship. And he said here uh, about his groanings in verse number one again, he said, um, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. So here we can see that this is not just a prayer of um, uh, the words of prayer, but also it is a prayer of his groaning. It's coming from within. So this is no longer the words that you can hear when someone prays. Because you know when we pray, we pray to the Lord in public, we pray to the Lord uh, with, with words, but there are prayers that we keep in our hearts that we don't honor with our mouth. That is with David. He has prayers that's within, that cannot be uttered with the mouth. And he calls it meditation, he calls it groaning. So we groan. And again, you can talk to God, you can pray to God in the language that you know how. In the language that God also understands. Sometimes if someone, maybe if we ask randomly and ask someone to pray, maybe, you know, uh, if, if you are new to our church and then you are asked to pray and you are not used to pray, you might like, you know, scramble on, you know, you will get lost of what words are you going to say. Because we are not used to prayer. And that is what happened to, you know, uh, when I was uh, uh, new in my church, and Pastor Jimbo will always point me there to pray, and I just struggled. I just struggled. And I do not know what to say. But deep within my heart, I know that I have a prayer. I know that there is a longing. There is, a, there is something in my heart that I want to ask God. And again, in my private prayer, I know exactly what I what I want from the Lord, and I cannot open my mouth in public. That is groaning. That is a, a, a you know a desire that we have in our heart. David has the desire. He has the desire, and uh, he has that in groanings, in meditations. So again, he communicated with the Lord uh, in such a way that only him and the Lord understands. You see. You can communicate with God. You can come to the Lord in prayer. That no, no matter if other people will not understand your prayer, but you know your prayer. You know your prayer, and then you deliver it to the Lord, and you know also with the full assurance of your heart that God understands your prayer. You see, David is like that. And you know, in times of problems, in times of um, um, in calamity, David was all alone. But thank God that he doesn't feel alone because he knows God is with him. And that is also uh, true with us. When you feel like you're alone, when you feel like um, no one really is helping you, when you feel like you don't have a real friend in this world, actually, my friend, you have. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a friend. You see, David here is telling us, you know, you better go ahead and pray. 
you better play and pray. Because God understands our language when we come to Him in prayer. And I will tell you, God will answer the prayer. He will answer the prayer in Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. What an assurance there that God is ready uh, to hear our prayer. In verse number 2, verse number 2, you find here he said, Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my king, and my, um, and my, and my God, for unto thee will I pray. So, now, he is praying to God. And we know that when we pray to God, that that God is our God. That God that we are praying for is not stranger to us. It is a sad thing, really, when you pray to God and you are a stranger to God. In the same way, it is a very bad thing if you pray to God and you are, you know, a stranger. A stranger to God. It's not good. Because God lives in our hearts. He knows us better than us. He lives in our heart. So he is acquainted with our goings and our going in and out. And you know how our, our brains work. He knows very well. He knows us um, even to the most, the, the inmost part. You see, the God that we are praying for is the God that saved us. And He is our God, He is our King, He is our Sovereign, and He is our Lord. Now this is the God that we address our petitions. That is why, um, you know, it's really a blessing for us Christians that we have this uh, faith in God that others do not have. Uh, we have this faith in God that we can address to God and give to God our petitions, and we know that He listens, and we know that He hears our prayers, and he knows that uh, uh, in his own time, he will address and he will, he will give us what we have prayed from him. And that is David here in his prayer. Our prayers are directed to God only. We don't go through some saints there to uh, put our petitions and then that uh, saint will, will bring our petitions to God. We don't do that. We come to God in prayer and we direct our prayers to Him and we have this assurance in our heart that God will listen, God will hear, and that God and not just hear our prayers, but He answers. Even before we call, He answers our prayers. And notice that in, in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 65, verse number 24. Isaiah 65, verse 24, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So that is the kind of God that we have. Oh, we 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 really feel that we are alone. Uh, we really feel that, oh, our friends do not understand us. Oh, our family, our loved ones do not understand us. Oh, my parents do not understand me. My, my siblings do not understand me. Oh, my children do not understand me. And sometimes we feel like we are not understood. It seems like everyone is so distant from us, and that is true. Our friends do not know us because they are a bit distant from us. 
Our family maybe do not know exactly what we long for because they are a bit distant from us. But we have a God that is so intimate to us. A God that knows us very well. We have a God that knows our longings and our desires. And in fact, he said, before they call, I will answer. So he knows us. Even though, this is amazing. If there is someone that is so far from us, it's God. Because he's from heaven. But again, when we pray, he is the closest to us. Because he lives in our heart. You see, verse number two is a is a beautiful um, 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 illustration there of David, and he's giving us that assurance that that our God, the King, the Sovereign, our Lord, will hear our prayers. In verse number three, verse number three, you will find in verse number three, my voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer to thee and will look up. So it is vital that the believer begins, begins his day with that prayer. Begin, begin your day with a prayer. And start your morning, start your morning talking to God. And and you know, as if he's there in front of you. He is there. Just listening to what you're going to say. And if you remember some verse or you read the Bible, you can see that God will also speak to you. And again, when we do that, that few minutes in our morning is very important for the rest of the day because that few minutes will set the tone of the entire day in our walk with Him. And again, our morning devotions are very important. The, um, the guidance of the Lord, the divine assistance can be found there. And the Lord, you know, um, will look after our needs, will look after you know, our activities. We will be guided all throughout the day. That is why it's, it's really um, unimaginable for Christians to face the adversity of the day and not coming to the Lord to face that, you know, the problems. The day will bring us problems. Every single day, it will just bring us problems. But if we come to the Lord, we beseech God, and we, we beg for His blessings and ask for His benedictions to face the day, then the Lord will set it. And he will be fighting with us, side by side with us, to fight our adversaries, to fight our adversities during the day. So the advice of David here, meet God in the morning. And you may have his favor upon you throughout the day. In verse number 4, 5 and 6, verses 4, 5 and 6, you will find there that this is the God that we are serving. Our God here takes no pleasure in wickedness. But rather our God will execute judgment. He will execute judgment upon all evil. And those evildoers, he will not, you know, they cannot escape from his judgment. The holiness of God demands that 
He will judge and he will punish sin. Alcohol is a loving life. But he cannot be mistaken with punishment because he is holy. He is, <coughs> he is a holy God. He opposes the foolish person. He opposes all the criminals. He opposes with all the law breakers and he decrees punishment for the bloody. He decrees punishment for all that are deceitful, for all that are workers of iniquity. So that is our God. You can see from verse number 4 and 6. He gives God the glory and David, he took comfort of God's holiness. And he understands that because, you know, even himself, when David committed wrong, when David committed wrong in his life, he knows that he got punished straight away. He knows how God operates with sin. God cannot be, um, cannot overlook sin. In verses 7 and 8, we find here a pledge to worship God and obey Him. This is David's resolution. He declares his resolution to be close to God, to be close to the public worship of God. He will not depart from that worship like this. He has a personal devotion for sure throughout the day. It's a, his devotion is all throughout. He, he imagines the, the, the wonders of God. He, he thinks about the power of God. He thinks all about God throughout the day. But he will never leave a congregation meeting of people like this. And in fact, <coughs> He, <clears throat> he declares it in verse number 7. Notice that. Verse number 7. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. He will come to church. And knowing and considering that he can come to church only by God's grace. Only by his grace that we can come to church. And he will put himself here in the in the uh, holy congregation. He, he said that in his declaration. He declares that his worship will be done in the light of God's mercy. It is only the grace of God that permits entry into his holy temple. It's only by the grace of God because if we, if we got sick yesterday or if we got hospitalized, uh, we, we cannot come. But it's only by God's mercy that we can come. So our worship is based only and only on the merits of Christ. Yep. And it is only through Him that a sinful man such as we can approach yep. a holy and a righteous God. Yep. Let us consider this, you know, my friend, that our ability to come to church is not really us. It is the Lord. And you see, He considers God as His intercessor. He considers God as His mediator, His advocate. Now that is what the Bible says in, uh, Paul says that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. He said that for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. There's no mediatrix in the Bible. It's only Jesus Christ. Only Him. We, we do not have to go through the saints because 
the Lord Jesus, the saints doesn't, the saints cannot hear us. Because, you know, they are not omnipresent. There's only one that is omnipresent, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means, wherever we are, the Lord Jesus Christ is there. And therefore, He can hear, because He is omnipresent. Mama Mary is not omnipresent. Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, they are not omnipresent. But Jesus Christ is omnipresent. Therefore, He can hear. So, He is our mediator. The only mediator between God and man. In verse number 8, you will find, um, verse number 8, the Bible says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. The psalmist here acknowledges his need to be led in the in the pathway of righteousness. He only needs, you know, um, leading. He only needs leading from the Lord because he knows that it is God that will lead him yep. in the right way. His enemies surrounded him, but the protective hand of God also was upon him. So that is us. Today, believers, David is already, you know, he has finished his life. But this is for us today. We have to understand that every believer should be assured of the encampment of the angel of the Lord upon our lives. You must realize that we have angels surrounding us. It is the Lord's uh, purpose that uh, we will be protected. And there are these angels you know, surrounding us, providing us safety, providing us security and deliverance. That is why sometimes uh, people will pray and immediately the Lord has said because it's really there. It is provided there. In verse number 9 and verse number 10, uh, David talks about the destiny of the wicked men. And this is what he included in his prayer. He prayed about Punishment of the evildoers, punishment upon his enemies. He he pictures here vividly. He pictures here um, the wicked enemies. He said in verse number nine, what is that? For there is no faithfulness in their mouth, because they are lying. You know, they are manufactured in the wrong uh, false evidences. The people sometimes will resort to lying. They will resort into lying in order to pin down a righteous man. And, and David was a victim to that. The Lord Jesus Christ was a victim to that. They, they gather people to accuse him. And then, so that they can be condemned. Um, uh, 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 he can be condemned. The Lord Jesus Christ was condemned because of false accusers. And many others. David also was a victim to this. And that is why uh, he said here that uh, these people are workers of iniquity. There is no truth in them. They are corrupt inwardly. Their throat like a grain that contains only rottenness and men's bones. They are filled with flattery. They will just speak, you know, nice words, but inwardly in their heart, they are all rotten bones. That's what he said, and even Apostle Paul said that also in Romans chapter 1, verse number 21. That 
these people, they, are, they have just um, rottenness in them. They flattered with their mouth. And in verse number 10, in Psalm chapter, chapter uh, 5, verse number 10, it says, Destroy thou them, O God. Well, this is, you know, I, I'm always like, you know, when you have enemy, do not pray this action about your enemy. Do not pray about the, the punishment about your enemy. Just, just you know, pray for, for God's wisdom about them so that they will stop their foolishness. That's always my advice to people who have enemies. I, I never advise them to I never advise them to pray punishment upon all people because you know that's what Jesus Christ also uh, did. When he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. So those are the enemies, those are the people who hurt him. Those are the people who, you know, inflicted pain upon him. But he never prayed uh, destruction upon those people. Where in fact, I believe that lots and lots of those people that spat on him, that pulled his beard and, and, and smoked him, lots and lots of those people got saved uh, later in their life. Because the Lord Jesus did not condemn them. But here, David prayed condemnation, <coughs> punishment. <coughs> he prayed about, you know, um, destruction. He pronounced destruction upon his enemies. Then he implores God to execute divine retribution upon them. Now he acknowledged that these evildoers have brought divine judgment upon themselves. It's not really uh, anyone, but these people are punished by their own doing. It's because of their own doing that they can punish themselves. And the Lord will execute that judgment. And these people, they have just fallen into the stairs that they had set up for themselves. And again, we have to understand that every unrepentant sinner is also guilty of the same. Anyone, everyone can be guilty if we will not um, come to the Lord to repent. And we ourselves will incur the wrath of God upon ourselves. It is because we are, you know, doing it to ourselves. So David here acknowledged that, that these people, they are like that because of their own knowing. And Lord, then he asked that, Lord, send judgment upon them. <clears throat> so that's what David did. He prayed for the destruction of those things. Very unusual, really. Very unusual. But he did. He was only human being. He was so hurt, and therefore he prayed this kind of prayer. But again, I would not encourage you to pray destruction upon your enemy. Because while they, they, they have done something maybe wrong against you, maybe they have done uh, evil against you, but remember also that you have done evil to, those, to other people. What if these people that you have done wrong will also ask God for your destruction? That is a sad thing because we are the ones on the, uh, uh, on the other end of judgment of God. It's not always that 
we are being offended, but there are times in, my, in our lives that we are the, off uh, the offenders ourselves. <clears throat> and that is why I advise, do not pray destruction upon your enemies, but rather pray for their wisdom, that God will open their minds, and then they will stop the foolishness. And then they will become productive members of the society. They will become, you know, if, you, if they are your friends, they will become a blessing to you rather than a curse. You see that? And, and, and with that, we have less enemies. Because when they set their, themselves right before God, then therefore, the, the vertical relationship will be right, then the horizontal relationship will be right too. That means, that's us now. You know, among these people that at first gotten us wrong, and later they repent, and then they sorted it out, and then they asked God for wisdom, and then uh, the Lord will um, heal them and give them wisdom as they need. You see, David, a very um, unusual that we can see a man of God praying for destruction of the enemy. Now, in verses 11 and verse number 12, we will find the righteous have confidence in God. Verse number 11, 12, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, without compass him as with a shield. And you see here a, a clear con contrast. <clears throat> there is this clear contrast is drawn by the salvation between the wicked and the righteous. The wicked, as you know it, will be severely punished by the Lord. That is in verse number 10. And while the, the godly shall rejoice. The godly <coughs> um, I think I need water. <laughs> that the godly shall rejoice. And that's yes, will rejoice, but they will shout for joy. They will rejoice in the Lord. The blessing upon the righteous and God will encompass them with love and, and prosperity and the Lord will just bless the righteous. If there is a protection for the righteous, the very protection of the righteous is God himself. He is the shield and the buckler. Let, let's take a look at Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 91. Look, look at uh, verse number 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the um, noisome pestilence. Verse number 4 is my text. He shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shalt thou trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. 
You see, the Lord is our shield and buckler. No evil shall befall them, and no plague shall come near the dwelling place of the righteous. Chapter 91 again, Psalm 91, verse number 9. Verse number 9, it says, Because thou hast made the Lord, not the word made the Lord, that means this person determined in his heart. This person decided in his heart yep. to make the Lord yep. as his shield. He said here, because in verse number 9, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, verse number 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Why? Because you made the Lord. So you have that determination in your heart. You made the Lord your refuge. Such a blessing here of David's prayer. And such a blessing that well, what God really wants us, this is no longer about David because David finished his life. But this is now for all the believers today. This is now for you and me. To take this upon ourselves. To talk to the Lord. Have your personal request to God. Have your personal relationship straightened out with the Lord. And recognize God in your life. And reject the evil things in your life. And make that resolution. And it all started with letter, letter R. Request, relationship, recognition, rejection, resolution, then the righteousness of God in your life. Then do the retribution. Then at the end of that, you can see in verse number 9, verse number 10, 11, and 12, you will see rejoice in the Lord. All of that for the believers, all of that, you know, uh, shown by David to all of us so that we will understand how are we going to deal with our heart. And it starts with prayer. But I think uh, I would still advise you to avoid that one prayer that we made. The prayer of punishment of our enemies. Because it's better, you know, to pray for wisdom upon them. So that they will be forgiven by God. And they will they will be, you know, time will come that they will repent and they will be right with God again. And once they become right with God again, I will tell you it is more joyful in the church. Yep. If everyone has repented, everyone uh, getting right with the Lord. And what a, a joy. What a joy that we have a people gathered together, all forgiven by God. And such a blessing that God, you know, um, will see a rejoicing people because all of us are forgiven. Okay, let's continue this chapter uh, next week, Lord willing. And uh, this, this is a very, um, you know, we're just in chapter 5. And we have already, like, done this for 8 or 9 months, uh, 9 weeks. Then we are still in chapter 5. And this um, psalm is a big book. So let's, let's um, bow our heads in prayer and let's uh, thank the Lord for this chapter of the Psalm. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this 
psalm, the, the morning prayer. This is a psalm of prayer. And Lord, thank you for showing us how are we going to deal um, with our enemies and how are we going to deal with um, the unrighteousness of the wicked. Lord, um, but most importantly, Lord, this shows our personal, intimate relationship with you. And help us, Lord, to have that in our lives, that as we pray before you, people may not understand, but the groanings in our hearts, Lord, you understand. And thank you, Lord, that um, there might be some prayers that we cannot utter with our mouth. We cannot utter with our lips. There are groanings in our hearts, meditations of our hearts. But you, O oh Lord, understand them. And we thank you, Lord, for um, your care upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the protection that you have given upon your people. And thank you, Lord, if we ever commit mistakes in our life, uh, we can come with repentant heart and you will forgive. With all this, Lord, all this blessing, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for all the things now that we have learned. And I pray that um, you will keep on showing us your ways, that we may understand your ways of life, how to live our life, so that, Lord, we may only live our life um, that is pleasing in your eyes, and that the glory will um, be given unto you. And Lord, bless these people once again. Thank you for our lesson today. Thank you.